TikTok Talks. First of all, I want to apologise for the delay in posting the next podcast. I've been dealing with the transition of um, shooting in London to shooting in my home studio in the Cotswolds and also having, well, growing a human in between that as well. So I've been pretty preoccupied. but I'm back and posting podcasts, and this week it's with fashion photographer Henry Nock. Uh, we chatted about how to pitch yourself to big clients, um, how Instagram has helped his career, self-doubt, um, depression, all the things we deal with as creatives. Um, yeah, so I think you're really going to like this one. So here is Talk Talks with Henry Nock and me, Alicia Love. Welcome, Henry. Hello, Alicia. Thank you so much for coming on my podcast. Um, you're the first male to come on my podcast, which I'm really excited about. Um, I don't know why, but I just seem to only know female photographers. So when you reached out to me, it was really nice. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. It's good to be here. How did you find out about the podcast? Um, so I I saw that Lydia had done... I follow Lydia, and I know Lydia, and um, she had um, posted about the episode that she did, and I listened ah. to that. And, um, and then I heard that you were looking for guys to speak to, so I... Amazing. Your line, yeah. Yeah, well, thank you. And any other guys who want to come on this podcast, just drop me an email. And girls as well, anyone. Uh, drop me an email. I will share it on the show notes. Um, so, Henry, I have to say that your work is incredible. Oh, thank you. Uh, when you dropped me that, I think, was it, was it email? Yeah, email. Yes, yes. Um, I had a look on your Instagram, and your, your photos are just amazing. That's really kind You've of got you. such a versatile range of work which is really nice. Uh, must be quite exciting for every day to be different, you know, when you're shooting. Yeah, totally. Um, so how long have you been doing photography? Uh, so it's just come up to five years now that I've been freelance. Oh, nice. Yeah. Time goes fast, doesn't it? It really does, yeah, definitely. It's like, cra- and it, but it's crazy, like, seeing the progression of your work, like, some of your first images. Oh, God, Do you ever totally. look back? I mean, I mean, when I think back to when I first decided that I was going to be a photographer to now, and I, I mean, I'm completely self-taught, so the amount of stuff I've had to learn yeah. along the way has been insane. That's really cool, though, because someone at your standard is self-taught. It just goes to show that, I mean, I'm a strong believer in photography is all about your creative eye. You know, you learn the rules of how to use a camera and that. And, Definitely. But then I think if you stick too much to the rules, you can become a little bit dated and, you know, that kind of... Yeah, I definitely think there's an eye. Um, I, both my parents are artists. Oh, cool! So I think nice. I, I like to think that I've inherited their their eye. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then I guess for technical stuff, you can quite easily learn. Yeah, definitely. Because there's because there's some people that might just be really technical, but then and know exactly how to use a camera and yeah. all about lighting and stuff. But when they haven't got the eye, because yeah. the photographs aren't going to be that great. Definitely, I find sometimes I get a bit overwhelmed when you meet people who are all about their photography lingo. You know. And you're just like, oh, and then you have to realise, actually, no, it's not all about what, I don't know, G master, D master, <laughs> you know, all these all these lenses and that. Um, anyway, I'm going on a tangent. Um, so you mentioned to me before that you started in TV. That's correct. Yeah. So what did you do in that realm? Was this before um, photography? Yes, it was. Yeah. So I was um, working in television for about 10 years. Oh, wow. Um, and I, I went from being a runner um, I then started, I was doing more technical stuff like edit assisting. Yeah. Uh, I then went to be a VFX assistant for a while. Oh, cool. Before deciding that I wanted to go the production route. 
Yeah. And so then I made that transition to doing um, production work and I was managing yeah. creatives. Um, nice. I was working at ITV for a while and on the post-production side. Yeah. Uh, managing the editors and um, it, it, was, it, was a, it was a good job. I, I enjoyed yeah. it. Um, but I, I didn't feel particularly inspired by the content that I was working on. It was a lot of reality shows and game yeah. shows and not the sort of TV I'd watch. Yeah. Um, and then I, I got contacted on LinkedIn um, to be a uh, VFX um, production coordinator. Cool. And um, it was working on Hollywood movies. Wow. And... Um, the, the movie that I was working on was The Jungle Book, which came out a few years ago. Oh, cool. Yeah, so I, I, was, so I was quite excited about that. Um, so I decided that um, to cross over into, so into VFX. And what is VFX? So, so for, for, for instance, for Jungle Book, yeah. that whole movie is VFX. Yeah. So obviously all, all the animals, everything is um, yeah. CGI. And so you can do all that as well. I can't do that. So I, once again, I was um, doing production side of things. Right. Okay. So I was managing the guys yeah. who are creating the wow, digital effects. Wow, that's so cool. Um, but I didn't really. I, I knew how to manage um, editors. Yeah. But it's a very different ball game, and because yeah, yeah, obviously, yeah. it's you only have to know so much to to manage people, but you still have to have that understanding. Mm. So it was a lot to learn very quickly, and. Um, I was, I, 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 to be honest, I just really struggled with it. Mm. Um, it was, it was, it was. I was in meetings for seven hours a day, and at the end of the day, I, I just didn't understand how I'd have time to do my work on top yeah. of that. And it was, I mean, what what they were creating. I, so I was working on a team who were creating the actual jungle itself. So right. if you can imagine each tree that is because that whole jungle is a digital creation. Wow. So each tree is a separate job that has to be created. Wow, and you don't think about it like no, that. You no, no, exactly. Watch these films yeah. and think. And it's so heavily art, art directed mm. that everything has to be incredibly precise, and it has to all look has an individual distinct look for what they're looking for. Yeah, and so uh, what my job would be would be say you'd have. Um, a number of days which is essentially like a pot of money mm. and I would um, speak to one of my uh, main artists who would say to make that asset will take seven days that one will take six days that one will take 11 days mm. and then I'd have that number wow, of days with my stressful. budget exactly yeah. but then often because uh, I'd spend a lot of my time in uh in like a in a theatre, mm. showing the supervisor what I'd made, and they'd make uh, little animations so you could see all around the tree, for instance. Mm. And he'd say, I, "I really like it, but that branch on the left is too thin." Mm. And I'd just take notes saying, "This is too thin," and it basically meant that things would often overrun. So then I'd have to then borrow days from mm. elsewhere yeah. because you had to keep balancing that number of days, yeah. otherwise you're going out of budget yeah and wow. I whilst I can do production work it, it doesn't come naturally to me mm. so I just felt stressed all the time I didn't feel like I had time to do my work because I was in meetings yeah. and screening rooms all the time and it, consequently I was just really unhappy mm. did you know that you were creative 
before then or did you kind of uh, I think I mean obviously I mentioned before about my parents being artists so I've, I always liked um, drawing as a kid but mm. it was something I hadn't done for a long time um, photography was something which I was always interested in but mm. I wasn't doing anything creative with it yeah I would I think I'd be the guy at a house party who'd be taking pictures so yeah. I'd got, you know so many pictures on Facebook of like nights out because yes, I'd always be the one taking pictures yeah. but I wasn't doing anything creative with it and it was really when um, Instagram came out which mm. inspired me to look at photography differently yeah. yeah you get that aha moment like I can make money from this yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean I mean, but way before I'd even thought about yeah. making money it was when Instagram came along um, I, you know I've, I've deleted these pictures now but if you scrolled <laughs> right back to the start of my feed yeah. there would just be you know really basic pictures of my sister's cat and stuff yes. you know and like and those what I'd have for dinner filters. And exactly those really old Valencia. Instagram filters yeah <laughs> and which I, I hated those old filters and what I used to do you remember the uh, Hipstamatic app I've heard of it yeah it rings a bell so that was that was it was um, like a vintage camera mm. app and yeah. I was really into that and that in made me just want to walk around London taking photos of stuff yeah. and I, I really liked the filters that yeah. was on it and so when Instagram first came out I thought it was just a set of filters and I didn't really understand it Yeah. and it was when someone explained to me that it was like Twitter but with pictures and then I started following people Yeah. that it kind of changed how I looked at photography yeah nice yeah so from then did you keep the job yeah and so then kind of do it as a hobby or did you kind of yeah, so I'm just trying to think to of a timeline here. So, so, so I reckon um, I must have I must have got Instagram in about 2011. Mm. I think it probably it was probably about a year before I started using it properly. So, yeah. so let's say 2012, mm. and it was around that time that was when I just first started going out and going walking around London and taking pictures of stuff that interested me. Mm. I didn't have any specific thing I was yeah. photographing I used to do a lot of like building lookups and yeah. things like that um, but I guess so a lot of architecture mm. I was taking photos of but really it was anything and everything that caught my eye yeah um, it's like a creative outlet totally and um, I, I found that because I wasn't particularly happy at work I'd go out in my lunch hour yeah. and I'd just go and take photos of stuff and that, that yeah. was my like creative release from mm. what, what I was doing yeah and um in those early days of Instagram, there used to be a lot. I don't know if they still happen. I guess they probably do, but there'd be Instagram meetups, yeah, and yeah. Um, lots of people. There'd be like an Instagram community of of people from London that would all yeah. meet up, and it that was, I think, really important to my like learning process, as yeah. it were, um, be, to be with like-minded individuals and yeah. people that wanted to go out and take photos. And I think it was those early days which taught me a lot about composition and also mm. everyone was willing to be each other's model because yeah, none of us so none of us good. were models yeah. and no one was particularly good at modeling yeah. and I can think about all these incredibly like stiff looking pictures yeah. that I would have been a model for yeah. or someone else for me but it, it did it really helped to um, give someone instructions yeah and tell them where you wanted them to be standing and just naturally learning absolutely yeah, yeah. yeah. and, and it, I kind of I guess at the time I was taking it for granted but and this was all shooting just with an iPhone as yeah. well I had no idea how to use a camera mm. at this point um, and yeah and it, and it was and it was I don't know if you know about um, so if you fast forward a couple of years yeah uh, so we took about 2014 mm. and I had been put on the suggested user list do you know about that yes yeah so when yeah. Instagram when would you select get it, someone yeah, it would, yeah. 
And so anyone, yeah, and anyone joining knew, it would say, here's a list of people we suggested. Oh, great. So I was on that list. And I think when I I went on there, I had maybe 2,000 followers. Mm. And you're on it for about two weeks. And when I came off, I had 25,000 followers. So it's insane, you know. And and, I mean, I owe a lot to Instagram, really, because it was Mm. because of that. But I had that following. Mm. And it meant I was one of the early people to have quite a lot of followers yeah. when social media was in its infancy and yeah. brands just wanted to jump on anyone that had big followers yeah. exactly yeah and uh i had i remember getting contacted by a pr agency about doing um some work for them and i it was, it was quite exciting i'm still working full time mm. at this point and uh i went in to speak to them and they said uh we'd like you to do it was for like a coffee brand but it was only available in Europe yeah and they wanted me just to shoot some content and I said to them I said I only use an iPhone is mm. that okay and they said yeah it's fine we just want you to do what you do mm. and uh, so I was you know really chuffed and I was like this is amazing like, yeah. uh, and, it, and I wasn't really thinking about it being a career at that point no. it was just what well, I was just like and I was on the phone to them and they said what what are your costs for this and obviously no one ever asked me that question before and I was like Two, you want to two, pay me <laughs> two grand yeah. like and, Amazing. and they said straight out there <laughs> they said yeah that's fine yeah. And, and i was like oh god i should have asked more you know yeah. that's a, when, when you're negotiating the worst thing is when yeah. they say yes straight away to it yeah. isn't it because you kind of think could have got, got more yeah, yeah 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 but it was with that money that i bought my first camera what camera was it i bought a fuji x100s nice um because at the time i i didn't i I didn't want to have a big camera with loads of different lenses mm. because I was just used to having an iPhone. And yeah, didn't want to overwhelm yourself. No, yeah. and that's obviously a fixed lens camera and I thought it's, you know, I, I just need to learn the basics yeah. of photography and not worry about other yeah. stuff as well. And which I think was quite a good, quite a good choice really. Mm. And, it's, and it was a great little camera. And that was in uh, summer 2014. And then by January 2015, I'd quit my job and I decided I was going to be a photographer which, which is nuts mm. really when I think back on it because I knew so little at the time yeah but sometimes I think you have to take that plunge because I'm a strong believer in what you put your energy into you get out of so you probably would never be where you are today if you tried to juggle both the job and doing photography on yes the, do you know I, you would have yeah, just burnt 100%. yourself out yeah so like it is scary to think oh I'm gonna quit this job it might not work and you know us creatives we always overthink everything and you think my life's going to be over if I don't get any work but actually it's fine because you've got the time and the energy to contact people pitch yourself you yeah know, that kind of thing um so what do you do now photography wise like what do you shoot fashion yeah so a bit of a mixture yeah uh I I, I shoot predominantly fashion what and made sport you and lifestyle oh cool imagery. yeah what made you go from so you're saying like the coffee brand did yeah. you naturally um lean towards people i, I mean know? that people is like what i like photographing yeah. the most yeah, yeah. so I, I think i was doing portraiture anyway yeah. um and in those early days when i first when i first quit and i started reaching out to a lot of pr agencies um sending links to my work and you know telling them i was available and i got i did a job for adidas very early cool. on um, which was actually uh, it was an influencer gig really yeah. so it was it was me posting stuff to my my feed yeah um, 
and which was great and I and I I got those gigs back in back I would I, think I, would, I wouldn't get them now because mm. it's an influencer for everything and it's yeah. such and and I, I don't really think I had any influence per se because yeah. I was just, I mean I got that because of on being on suggested user list and yeah. posting nice images of London yeah. and I think when I start when I first started posting work I probably lo- lost a bunch of followers yeah. anyway you know yeah. because it wasn't people wanted to see architecture and they yeah. wanted to see nice pictures of London and stuff and they didn't yeah. really want to see things that was just felt like yeah. someone's portfolio yeah 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 um, but anyway I did I got this um, Adidas job and it was a great thing to have because I felt felt that once I had something like that on my portfolio it opened up the doors yeah. for other stuff you know? yeah and that was and I it was almost like um, a backdoor way yeah. into working with brands nice because I said that you know I, I'm not really interested in being an influencer per se yeah I, I, I but I wanted what I want to do is create content yeah for, for brands yeah and and it's amazing it's yeah. and it just goes to show like you know if you lit people think all oh, these big brands they're impossible to contact you know but all it takes is an email you yeah know, absolutely you know? and, and and I think you have to have um a slightly um thicker skin yeah because you have to be prepared to not get a reply yeah. from so many yeah um and you could send five and give up but the sixth one that you send you might get a response totally so, yeah. and I think when I think before I actually quit my job I sent out maybe a hundred emails mm. and I think I maybe might have got a response from maybe 10 yeah who had asked me to come in for a chat mm. and I did and ultimately those meetings didn't actually go anywhere yeah but it gave me the confidence to quit my job yeah and which is I guess is a good thing even mm. though that didn't actually result in, in work yeah. and definitely yeah. So when you got your camera, mm-hmm. how did you teach yourself? I'm a YouTube girl. Um, <laughs> I learned on YouTube, as I've said this in every podcast. Uh, how did you... Did you trial, just, trial and error. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, like, I, I literally... I remember if I wanted to make something brighter, I was slowing down my shutter speed mm. and then I was realising that yeah. oh now it's coming out too blurry so I yeah. can't shut it I can't yeah. slow it down too much yeah and and then I remember I remember doing a portrait of someone um, not far from here actually so uh, on on the south bank mm. um, there's very near Tower Bridge there's like some uh, areas I guess would there be maybe boats on top like, like and you can stand yeah. up underneath yeah, I think like where they keep boats. Yeah. yeah, so it'd be quite dark under there. Mm. And I remember doing a portrait of someone under there, and realizing that if I kept on decreasing the shutter speed, it's mm. it's gonna get too blurry. And then I thought, oh, but if I turn up the ISO, then yeah. it'll be brighter. And it was yeah. like it was literally like a light bulb moment. Yeah. <laughs> and I and I distinctly remember that as for the first time understanding the exposure triangle. Yeah. yeah. Once you get that, exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. like that moment you're like oh yeah. so this is how it works um and i i found as well i i can't remember the first camera i got i think it was a canon eos something and it was on manual it was flicked on manual and i didn't know what manual or automatic yeah. was so i was thinking i can't focus this thing how are people getting to take these clear pictures yeah and then I just accidentally flicked the to autofocus and I was like, oh my God, what have I done? But it seems so simple now. But when you literally first get a camera, it's so like overwhelming. Massively, yeah. Um, so how was your first like paid job like you with your camera? Was it terrifying or was it just kind of like just um, trial and error? No, I mean, I, I think I was I think I was confident enough at that point 
um, because I was it was very the, the photography I was doing was just very Instagram photography yeah. and it was I wasn't I was just shooting in daylight I wasn't yeah, using yeah. lighting or anything yeah. so it was it just felt like um, a natural progression of what I was doing yeah. anyway so yeah. it wasn't too bad um, but obviously as time's gone on I've realised that you can't yeah. just do that for every, every yeah, gig yeah, and yeah. you know I mean in those early I mean that first year I remember um, I I was fortunate in that I ended up doing lots of work for Adidas and. I had one job come up and it, and it involved um, shooting um, talent in a gym mm. and I turned it down because I was just worried about the lighting situation. Yeah. And, and I bet there's a lot of listeners who are at that stage yeah. where it's petrif- studio lighting is petrifying to yeah. them. So how did you like overcome that or did you just decide to teach yourself? Teaching myself. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you, d- um, you just got to jump in there and... Mm. Learn, I mean, I wouldn't. Suge- I mean, there's there's definitely a certain amount you can learn on the job, yeah. but I wouldn't suggest doing that. And yeah. and what I I started doing was hiring out studios because there's so many places in London that you can yeah. find to go do quite cheaply. Yeah. And maybe doing half a day, and then finding finding a model on Instagram who yeah. might be willing to do take some shots, yeah. and then just you know you've got four hours there, just playing about and just trying yeah. to work things out from that. And I suppose that's really good now because. Because your jobs, well, from what I see on Instagram, are so varied. Like you'll shoot different location yeah. every time. Like you've got the knowledge to know. Okay, I've got this lighting situation. Yeah, now. totally. And I mean, and every and every job, you you mm. learn you learn stuff in every job yeah. anyway. If, if yeah. every you take stuff with you, you know, yeah. into every job because every every situation is different. Mm. And yeah, definitely. Do you prefer studio lighting or natural um, lighting? I think it depends. Yeah. Yeah. It uh, it it depends. Sorry, my email goes on every podcast <laughs> it, um, carry on <laughs> it just depends on my job I think yeah. um, I, 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 I'd like to do more studio um, mm. because it's something I, I just want to get more of on my portfolio yeah. but I can definitely see the pros and cons of both yeah. I think it would be such a good idea to like you said like the meetups like a bunch of photographers meet up book a studio and just learn how to use the lighting I think that would be such a good idea yeah um anyway I always go rambling off (laughs) on a tangent um so are you with an agency yourself or do you just like still pitch yourself no no I'm I'm not currently um I have been chatting to someone this week potentially about that so it could could possibly could be something down the line um but no at the moment I'm just representing myself oh that's cool and you get some really good gigs so do you think that's from just building a rapport of like good brands, good reputation with different? Yeah, definitely. I definitely feel that once you've got some brands mm. on your portfolio, yeah. people do find you. Yeah. But you definitely need to put yourself out there as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, one thing that I, I think it's quite easy to coast sometimes when you work for yourself, and if yeah. you've got a certain amount of money coming in, and you can be like, oh, you know, I'm yeah. happy with this, which I'm 100% guilty of, mm. and then. I, but really, you know, re- really, I think you need to be spending at least one day a month pitching yourself to people, yeah. you know, because like the, I think most creatives don't do cold emails. Yeah. And if you do do it and you do it well, there's potential to, you know, reap the rewards from it. So I read I'm, a book. Um, I can't remember what it's called, but it was talking about um, a lot of people don't do things, uh, put themselves out there and pitch because it's easier to say. 
I'm go- I-, I could do that. Yeah. I'm going to do that. Yeah. Rather than doing it and failing. Mm-hmm. Or do you know that yeah. it's easier to be like, yeah, I'm go- I'm going to get into that soon, but mm. never actually taking. So like showing up once a month, pitching, knowing that you might not get a response, is so much better than just sitting and saying I could oh, do that. Oh, definitely. You know? and, I feel, and I feel you feel better uh, in yourself as well. Yeah. You know, like like if if you if you said right, I've got a spare hour now. Why don't I send out? Um, six emails yeah. in the next hour you just feel better at the end yeah. of the day because you know you're yeah. trying because sometimes I know you've mentioned we were talking about um, like depression and stuff and I'm probably getting ahead yeah. of myself here, but it feels <laughs> like it, know the questions. <laughs> it feels <laughs> it feels like it's quite an easy way to link into that yeah um, but yeah because I, I, sometimes when work does dry up mm. and it does for you know it, it, if you're fortunate enough to have work all the time then that's fantastic mm. but for a lot of people it, there are especially times of the year when it can dry up and I know personally that I will feel one hell of a lot better mm. if I've, instead of just sitting at home, playing on the PlayStation, which I'm guilty of sometimes yeah. as well, but not doing that. Yeah. And just sending out emails, even yeah. if it's not to new clients, but to old clients. Yeah. Because I feel that, it, you know, sometimes you might think, oh, no, they're not contacting me. They don't mm. like my work or anything. When really there's just so many people that are probably contacting them. Yeah. You can easily get forgotten about. So That's I think just so send, send that quick email just to say, Hey, I hope things. Hope you're all good. Yeah. Is I've updated my portfolio recently. Wanted yeah. to share with you. Yeah, it'd be great to do something again soon. I so just really a, an email like that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Nice. I think to previous clients. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And to new clients, what would your like? Um, I normally just because uh, I think like when they must be get, they must you got to appreciate they probably get a lot of emails like mm. that. So I don't want to be ever be too wordy. Yeah. But a, a really a, a short introduction, as much as yeah my name but I'm London based yeah. and the type of clients I work for yeah. and then what I've recently started doing as well is making like a, a PDF yeah. of my work rather yeah. than a website link Yeah. Because and I'm finding I do get a better success rate of replies from mm. the PDF rather than That's just sending a link yeah, yeah. and I guess because like I said you, you think these people look at so many images a day on websites yeah. and just to have something which is probably taking some a little bit more time yeah. to construct and put a portfolio together yeah. i think people want to see that you've made a bit of effort yeah you know and i think that goes quite definitely far. and i think with a pdf as well you can tailor your portfolio to that client yeah. so like some people do two different completely types of photography yeah and if they've got both of those styles of photography on their website it might be a bit confusing say you do weddings here and there or you do yeah uh, fashion you know they'll go on it and they'll go oh well, what's the special what are they specializing in whereas yes. your pdf you know you can just show your fashion that's it stuff yeah um and then you can tailor it to other clients that's a good idea yeah very good idea um and also like up- updating your portfolio like i was thinking today actually i was shocked for a jewellery brand last week and I, their newsletter came up on my email and I thought, why aren't I sharing any of these images? You know, like all this stuff I'm yeah. doing because you do just get bogged down with life and everything else. You it, you know, actively up, telling people what you're up to. Yeah. You're very good at that, sharing your work. Um, it People don't realise unless you show them. Yeah. You know, I think um, definitely updating your portfolio and emailing. Um, next question... Um, so when you're shooting, do you have a team? Um, like yeah, I mean, it it, it depends. Yeah, but, it depends. From shoot to shoot, it depends yeah. on budget. Sometimes they might not have the budget yeah. to have an assistant, yeah. and it and it, or sometimes it, it it's fine just for me to be shooting on my yeah. own. Um, but when 
I have people that I like to work with. Yeah. Um, stylists, makeup artists, yeah. assistants. So it's nice to have a good uh, exactly like contact list. Yes. Of yeah. People that you trust. Totally, because Definitely. I feel that when when you all know each other, I mean that's the thing, because every job is different, and every mm. job is like often that you're starting over again, having to meet people yeah. again. So if you have a team and you can, you know, you can rely on yeah. that you can potentially bring in, then yeah. I think that's a good start. Yeah. So I suppose if you're contacting, because the whole process of what you do fascinates me, because for me it's very different. Like the actor or performer will contact me because they want to shoot. Yeah. You know, like it's very one-on-one, yeah. it's just me and them, but. F- for you, you know, the whole process with you, it just really fascinates me. So like, when you contact a client, yeah. it, I imagine it helps a lot for you to say, well, I've got a team that I know, mm-hmm. it saves a lot of time for them. Yeah, I know? think anything you can do to make that client's job easier, easier yeah. is, is good. It's yeah. great, you know, like one less thing for them to worry about. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, do you often do shoots uh, that aren't paid, that you kind of wanna, organized for free you know like you want to get this kind of shot for your portfolio do that do you do that kind of thing anymore or do you kind of just i i mean i don't you're very lucky to be very busy i'm not doing i'm not really doing test shoots anymore but well it it depends what i mean i i I, I want to do more test shoots Mm. but i don't see the value of me doing a test shoot just with with a model on the street anymore yeah um because i've got so much of that yeah anyway um, but what I, what I am trying to do more of is set up test shoots with a team mm. because I feel like you're only as good as your team as well. Yeah. And if you work with a great team, then yeah. you can all produce some great work, which is of value yeah. to all of you. Um, so I'm in the process. Like we were trying to get something shot at the end of last year. Mm. So it was me um, and with some friends who are um, makeup artist, stylist, art yeah. director, and. Um, we had a studio to use. Nice. Um, we confirmed the models, and then I had a job come up, and I had to cancel. Yeah. That, like, and which was really frustrating because yeah. everyone else was available, and it was oh, my fault. Yeah. But I think when we all work, when everyone works for themselves, yeah, we know that there's always a risk of a last minute job coming up. Yeah, and you can't and turn it down. Yeah, and and it's frustrating because we all want to do this shoot together, and I don't mm. really want to get anyone else in because we've yeah. agreed on it and we've come up with the idea yeah so it's just trying to find the time to get that done yeah but and so so i definitely will still shoot yeah for free but it just depends i think it, it's yeah. shooting it's with the team time. is completely yeah. different to yeah like i said just yeah definitely some. and it's just like it's just no time for anything <laughs> i find i have all these things that i want to do and then you get pregnant <laughs> you know <laughs> stuff like life happens so yeah i think always having the I always have the ideas I wanted to have do this and do that mm-hmm. to make myself push myself but um, it's actually doing it yeah <laughs> that's yeah. the difference yeah. you know um, so what's your most proud shoot to date um, I think I, I shot Anthony Joshua I was um, about to talk yeah, about that I, I, <laughs> that was a couple of years ago and I've shot with lots of athletes yeah and he's by far the best that I've, yeah. I've worked with and he's just brilliant and he's really keen and yeah. he, he's just as nice as as he seems when, yeah. you, when you see him on tv and that was um it was quite a big production actually it was like probably about 50 people because they were filming as well and yeah. I was shooting stills on the side and he it's generally kind of frowned upon to ask to get selfies and stuff mm. with me, but he was actively getting selfies with people oh, and nice. like had time for everyone yeah. and he's interested in what you're doing and yeah. he'll make suggestions yeah. and it just and it 
it helps it so much. You know, so like, much more relaxed. Exactly. It's, I mean, yeah. I mean, it was it was so tight for timings mm. because uh, initially they had said that they were going to be was going to be a two day shoot and filming one day yeah. and then stills the next day and then because his time is so limited that got compressed into one day yeah and so I was told by the producer that we had like a really limited amount of time mm. and the director got in touch with me and he said, who I know personally and he said um, Henry have you told have you been told about how much time we've got for this yeah and I said yeah I know we've got a limited amount of time and he goes limited amount of time he goes imagine a limited amount of time and then cut it into about six and you've got maybe <laughs> one of those pieces oh god and I was, oh god like, no pressure then <laughs> yeah and, and I think because Auntie Josh was so so good to work with yeah it made what could have been quite a stressful situation much slightly, yeah. slightly easier you know yeah. and um, we got some really good content and yeah and I, I I was just on such a high yeah, after that shoot. It was fantastic. The photos yeah. are incredible. Thank you can you. see them on your Instagram. I'll share all of your links on the show notes. Um, but going on to like models and stuff, do you have any tips for making models feel comfortable um, and getting the most out of them? Because I know that like the difference between an incredible shot and an okay shot is the energy in the model. Mm. Um, so do you have like... A way of bringing that out of them or making them feel are you chatty or are you kind of like yeah definitely very chatty yeah and um i don't want to be a i'll talk to someone while, while, while i'm doing the shoot yeah. you know rather than just being this person who's got a camera stuck to their face yeah so i appear to be a person you know yeah, yeah. But, but i think you know with a good model that wouldn't probably wouldn't phase them anyway yeah and you know some models are just amazing yeah. what they do and lots of people think modeling is an easy job but when, yeah. when if, if you take a picture of me i'll be incredibly stiff yeah. and I, I know about i know yeah. about being on that side but yeah. yeah i'll be really stiff and i'm a useless model um and i think this knowing your angles is, is a, an amazing skill mm. to have um because i i've i've seen some people and, and they've um come to the shoot and you think i don't, they don't like the pictures mm. i've seen but then you put the camera on them because they know their angles yeah. suddenly they're yeah a, a different person yeah and and i think you know generally a good model will know how to present themselves anyway and i mm. think if i'm just saying you know you, you're looking at the image behind behind the camera yeah. and just a little bit of um instructions from you yeah. whether it might be tilt the head or yeah. lift the chin or move a hand you can see what looks weird yeah, yeah. in the camera yeah i don't think you need to give that much direction to no. a good model anyway yeah you know? do you think it's like handy to let them know like whether you're shooting wide or close so they know like yeah, yeah. definitely yeah so, so, so like so, working with them exactly yeah, yeah. and i just think it's such a, a collaborative effort yeah anyway definitely. You know, like, like, yeah models get such a bad they do and um, i think lots of people will be like oh what a great shot and it's like well it wasn't just me you yeah know? <laughs> like, yeah yeah sometimes i get people going i love that shot i really want to get that shot yeah and like the girl, the person's got brown hair and this girl's got a blonde afro. Yeah. You know, you're like, yeah. okay, well, first of all, you look nothing like, <laughs> but it's all about the energy. And like, I can say so much to a model, like, mm. you know, but they actually have to bring the energy. So it is just working around each other and making them feel comfortable. Um, next question. This one, have you had any shoots where something's gone majorly wrong and you're just like, fuck? Yes, I have. <laughs> Could you um, tell us? Yes. <laughs> so, um, so when I first started out, um, it what was what was really handy um, was uh, one of my best friends. We met via Instagram, and we both decided to quit our job at the same 
on the same day. Oh wow! And, yeah, and it, it was it was great, and um, we were both incredibly unhappy. Um, Dean, he was working as a buyer for a men's fashion store. Yeah. As I was working in TV, and we were just both very unhappy, and we used to meet in Soho and go for a beer and complain about our jobs. Mm. And one day, Dean said, "Why don't we just quit?" And uh, having someone to make that jump with yeah. was really great to have just so you could feed back of each other and in those early days we did a few shoots together yeah and uh one job came up where we had to it was um a group of runners were running around southwest london mm. and we had to film the film the run now we we're not known for doing video we yeah. were video guys we were barely doing stills at this yeah. point and uh, had a meeting and uh, were asked if we could do it. And obviously being one of the first jobs that we'd done, we said, oh yeah, 100%. <laughs> Not really knowing what we were yeah. going to be creating. Yeah. and because it's so different video, isn't it? Yeah, massively. And we, uh, we kind of gave the impression that we were going to be able to achieve this Hollywood-looking film when in reality we were just two guys, one of them with a GoPro <laughs> on her head, riding around on Boris bikes. And um, everything... Everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. Like it was raining that day. Oh no! Um, when we when the runners came out and they let they left the um, the, the starting point, mm. we were trying still trying to unlock the Boris bikes, oh, and gosh. then they were running really far ahead, and then they ran through um, Hyde Park, I think. And when we got to the park on the bikes, it was an area of the park where bikes weren't allowed. Oh god! Um, the PR was texting me saying what the hell is going on <laughs> and I'm texting back saying we're having a few technical difficulties and, uh, <laughs> and, it, and it wasn't I mean we had there was no time to yeah. coordinate anything and I think in an ideal world you would have done a recce of the run and known yeah. the route it was taking and regularly the runners were running on the side of the road where there was cars parked so we were missing that bit when they were because you couldn't see them between yeah. and it was just an absolute nightmare <laughs> and it, I, I always have that in my mind yeah. when I say yes to stuff now because it's a constant reminder yeah. of don't say yes to stuff that you're not, not. absolutely 100% yeah, clear on that being able to achieve when you're in that moment and you're like oh shit yeah I mean we, we, we were able to turn things around and we, yeah. we got something out of it which was um, which was alright and it was yeah. possible but it's definitely worth remembering to not yeah. say yes to everything but then I suppose if you hadn't have done that you wouldn't have pushed yourself to to make it all okay yeah, in the totally. end, you know? Yeah, so yeah. There's a, there's a certain element of yeah. <laughs> give it a go. But, yeah. but I think yeah. I think almost, almost like know, know, know your limitations as yeah, well, you know? Definitely. Like, Have you ever had any, like, corruption memory card moments or battery died? Not yet. No? I'm going to touch wood, Dave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It all just dies. <laughs> are, you, are, are, you are you someone that shoots on two cards at the same time? No. No. Are you? No, I don't. And, and no. in my 5D... Mark IV. Um, yeah, there's a yeah. CF card slot as well as an SD card slot. Yeah. And my SD card slot has broken. Oh, so I'm just shooting on yeah. CF. Yeah. And it's still under warranty. I think yeah. I, I get like a couple of year warranty on it. Yeah. But that's my main camera. Yeah. And I I hate the idea because if I take it in, it yeah. might not be just a day. Yeah. So I'm just yeah. shooting to CF. But I think yeah. it's, I think, I have never, touch wood, I've never had any problems. Touch wood, same. Yeah. Um, 
Do you back up your images every time? Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. As soon, as I mean, normally when I'm on the job, I'll, yeah. I mean, if I've, if I've got an yeah. assistant, I will back up cards yeah. throughout the day. So is that, when you say backup, you put it onto your hard drive, mm-hmm. put it onto another hard drive, or do you double, like, how does, how do you, what's your backup process? Um, I wouldn't, so... It, this is an ideal situation because yeah. I'm on a shoot and I've got an assistant there mm. and I'll probably shoot on, I don't know, like 32 gig cards, so yeah. fairly small cards and, I'll, and as I'm going along I'll get them yeah. to back up to a drive. Yeah. And then what I normally do, then I have Time Machine on my Mac Yeah. and when I'm editing stuff I drag it over to the desktop mm. so all the edits are then saved on right, there. Right, that's a good idea. And so cause I have Does that slow your Mac down though? No, because no. I'll then take them off. So, so it'll yeah. just be on the time machine yeah, on yeah. the hard drive. Um, Get through so many hard drives, don't so you? So many, but it's just stacks. Yeah. Bane of my life. Yeah. I started naming mine. I put labels on this yeah. one's Harry. Right. They're actually, is it Henry or Harry? Something like that. So I know which one I've got. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <clears throat> so what's your... Oh, this is it. Do you edit your own images, colour grade your own images? Do you have like a lot of input nowadays with bigger brands or... Do yeah, um, I think for the most part I edit my own yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's nice. Um, but sometimes you need to have a retoucher mm. because it's, I mean, I guess my retouching abilities are probably pretty basic. Yeah. Like, and it's general skin retouching yeah. and but colour grading. grading yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but sometimes, I mean, I, I, I did a shoot uh, for Puma once and um, it involved, it was for like, um, High, high vis clothing yeah so they wanted to shoot runners at night mm. and I think nothing you and runners would, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nothing would terrify a photographer more yeah than high shooting v, yeah. stuff at at night than yeah. fast moving stuff at night yeah and um, what I decided to do was actually do the shoot at 3pm yeah and then create make it look not look night in post yeah so that's a good but, yeah. idea and you wouldn't be able to tell. No. And it's amazing what yeah. the retouch can do. Did you teach yourself colour grading and all that? Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. But then that was, the, the Puma job was just completely out of my realms yeah. of knowledge, you know. Yeah. And because also, um, if, if I mean, I find it, it's, when shooting someone running, um, that's definitely very much trial and error. Thing. Yeah. And, and like, video is a bit more forgiving, but when you just have that still image, mm. sometimes it can look really strange. Yeah. So you, it might be that you have someone run and in the first time, you get a great image. Yeah. But more often than not, you will have to do it on a few occasions. Yeah. Trying to shoot two people at the same time and God, have them yeah. look cool is almost impossible. So what it was, it was my final image was a composite of mm. two runners. Because uh, okay, yeah. I just yeah. felt like there was never going to be a point when they were yeah. both in sync and looking yeah. great and in one image. mainly like Lightroom Photoshop that you like to use? For or? me, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I have um, Capture One on my computer. Um, oh, is it good? Well, I don't. I mean, I, I really use. It's more on my mm, laptop. Yeah. Um, for when I'm tethering, and yeah. an assistant will be using it. I did yeah. do a capture one course, but I have. I knew. I yeah. knew. I said. I said I need to keep using this, so I remember how to do it. Yeah. And I haven't. Yeah. So I now I, I don't. I don't know how yeah. to use it. So it's more something I have on my laptop. Uh, any assistant I book mm. will know how to use capture one. Yeah. And um, yeah, and I mainly use it as a tool for tethering, yeah. so that the client can see what's going on. I find Lightroom for colour grading is amazing. And then I use Photoshop for the more, you know, skin. Yeah, yeah. Same. More detailed mm-hmm. stuff. Um, so 
change in uh, subject, what's your average morning routine? Are you a morning person, a night owl? Like, where are you most productive? Um, well, I mean, since having the dog, the first thing oh, I need to do... Just, <laughs> just lay on her back. Oh, so cute. First thing I need to do in the morning walk. is, yeah, take her for a walk. Yeah. Um, it's the best thing, isn't it? It is, it is, yeah. And it, it makes you feel so great. It, I mean, it, it definitely feels like it shortens my day. Mm. And, I've, and, oh, and yeah. I have to, and, you know, the time where I used to go for a run or yeah. do some exercise, I'm now walking more, mm. you know, like, which is not as efficient burning your calories, yeah. but still burning yeah. them, you know? Um, so, yes, I normally, and I find it is helpful when you go for a walk with a dog. Because yeah. You actually think about what you're planning to do, can't yeah. you, for that Clears day? Clears your head, doesn't it? Absolutely, yeah. Is your dog like friendly with everyone and dogs? She loves, and yeah, she loves good. other dogs and <laughs> people. And my dog. Not. Well, they're just sassy. So they'll see a big dog and they'll think that they're like a Doberman and they bark. So they've like, got small dog syndrome, have they? They really yeah. have. I mean, they're lovely, but oh, it's a bit stressful. <laughs> so sometimes I come out of the walk feeling worse. <laughs> Bless them. Um, so yeah, do you kind of like, you have your morning walk, mm-hmm. do you come back? This is if you haven't got work on. Work on, you know? yeah. Um, do you find that you, do you write lists in the day? I do, morning? do you know what? I, I, I only discovered it, maybe like last year, but the to-do list on app on the iPhone. Yeah. I, I can't live without it now. It's good, you know, yeah. Like, yeah, as, as, a rem- uh, as reminders, I yes. think it's called, isn't it? Yeah. And so so I, I use that all the time, and because otherwise I just wouldn't remember how to do stuff. And, yeah. Uh, so I've, yeah, I've constantly got, a load of reminders, yeah. set for dates and times that are yeah, always going off to remind so and stuff. Yeah. And if something comes into my head, like it quickly goes, so I'm like, quick, yeah. write that down. Yeah, I'm such a to-do person. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I feel like I write my to-dos and I'm like, okay, today's good. <laughs> but then you have to actually do your to-dos. <laughs> um, so do you ever have spells of self-doubt? Yeah. And how do you deal with them? I think it's quite it's quite standard as a creative, isn't yeah. it, really? And um, I'll often look at my stuff and be like, it's not good enough. Yeah. Beat myself up a bit. Yeah. And I it's think, how do I deal with it? I, sometimes I, I feel like sometimes you can just fall into this black hole. Mm. And if you let it get to you, it's really hard to claw yeah. your way back out. Yeah, definitely. Um, because sometimes I might, have, I might have, like I think I mentioned before, I might have quite periods mm. and... There's no, so when you start doubting yourself, yeah. it's lethal. You know? Yeah, like, it really like, is. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's like really weight, weight off your shoulders when you realise that all of the things in your head are literally just thoughts in your head. Absolutely. <laughs> None yeah. of it is yeah. reality, yeah. you know? Um, and it's so interesting, you know, for someone like yourself who is in, you know, I'm looking at your Instagram and your work and I'm like, he must never get self-doubt days but it's so like it's really nice to know that we literally all get that yeah you know? and I think it's good because I think if you didn't I think you'd, you'd probably have a massive ego really yeah and you probably wouldn't be that good yeah and I feel know? like because with photography you're constantly learning all the time mm. and if if you didn't have self-doubt you'd actually think you were that good and yeah like, like you said I don't think yeah I find that my intuition is well intuition in general is like such a powerful thing like this morning i woke up 4 a.m mm-hmm. just bright awake bright awake bright awake um just i was practically having almost like a panic attack because yeah. i was telling you about my wedding planning and how expensive yeah. it is and all of this and i was getting a bit freaked out and you know the, ta- the massive tax bill that's dooming um and it was a way for my body to um how, how can i word it 
to notice things and to go, actually, no, I need to do this. Your body's so like, it just knows, you know? Yeah, so yeah. like, if you're having a spell of self-doubt, it's because your body's saying, don't get complacent, you know? Yeah. How can you better yourself? That, that's how I try and make it seem. Um, yeah, so I think trying to not let it bog you down and thinking, yeah, totally. how can I get out of this? And I, and I think what I was talking about earlier with um, reaching out to people. Yeah. Um, and and at, at the end of the day, knowing that, well, I'm doing something about yeah. it, you know? And, and I think if, you know, you're still in a position where work is still isn't mm. coming in, then, yeah, maybe you do start to think yeah. about other options. Yeah. But I think as long as you're not just wallowing in it, you know, yeah. like, and you're actively doing stuff, yeah. you know, like, Definitely. then that's gonna, it's gonna make a difference. Definitely. You know? yeah. And sometimes even just writing out on a big piece of paper what you're feeling, mm. why are you feeling this way, how, what can you do to make yourself feel better? Like yeah. mind mapping it. Yeah, you definitely. Know? And because it, because you've got that, I mean, I don't know about you, but I have that irrational side mm. and the rational side and, yeah. and, you know, and, and I'll think, oh, so-and-so hasn't replied to my email. Yeah. And it's like, and then one side of the brain goes, yeah. because you're shit. Because, yeah. it, cause, yeah. because they don't like you. you <laughs> yeah. know, that, that, like, and then, and then you think, but then you, you think the rational side yeah. will be like, but you've emailed someone that probably gets a hundred emails yeah. a day, and they're probably yeah. really busy, and they're working through it. And you know, yeah. and it's just, I think, it, I, there's, I've been told about there's a book, and it's called like the Chimp Mind or something. Yeah, chimp yeah. Complex. Something yeah, like that. Have you read yeah, it? Yeah. Have you? yeah, I haven't read it. Yeah, but I've heard about. And I've heard it. about exactly it's really what it's good, about. Yeah. And I, I've, I might have to audible it. I think I might put it on my. I can't my, quite uh, commit to reading reminders. the book. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I have to listen to audio books because <laughs> yeah. I get too distracted. Um, but yeah, that's really interesting mm. to know and to relate to. That we all go through it. Yeah. Um, and back onto cameras, photography. So you shoot on Canon. Yes. Yeah. Uh, 5D Mark IV. Nice. What's your favourite lens? Um, probably for versatility, the 24 mm. to 70. Yeah, everyone says um, that. It's great. Mark II, I think that is. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. It's, yeah, it's great. It's really sharp and, you know, just can get you, you know, you, yeah. can, you can use it for so much stuff mm. that I think it's a really great lens. Yeah. I've just bought the um, Profoto A1. Oh, right. Yeah, how is that? It's really good, actually. Yeah. I've got a little remote that you can shoot it off yeah. camera. Um, yeah, it's really good. I love Profoto lighting. So, yeah, I've, I've yeah. been looking at that. Yeah. My, one of my so resolutions, right yeah, is to try and delve into that a bit more. Yeah. You know, because now I'm going to have my studio and my garden. Yeah. I'll actually have the chance. One thing that I really was annoyed with, I had two years in a bloody photography studio that I was paying thousands for. Yeah. I never, ever practiced studio <laughs> lighting. Yeah. What the hell was I doing? So annoying. Um, so, yeah, that's something that I'm going to look into more. Mm. Um, and I think that's the end of the podcast. Brilliant. Okay. So how can we find you? What's your uh, so Instagram I'm on website? Instagram as Knock O'Clock. Like the time. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> and your memoji is you in a hat. That's right. Beard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's really like memorable actually when I see it. I'm like, ah. Oh, yeah. Um, and then your website is henrynock.com. Nice. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for coming Thanks for on having me. Podcast. Yeah, it was good to chat. One thing I was going to say one of our boys' names um, for our baby is Henry. Oh. <laughs> yeah, good name. <laughs> but yeah, thanks very much. Thank you. <laughs>